Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you are having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an incredible guest. He is a high-peak performance entrepreneur. He is a professional networker, an empire builder, and investor. He is also the founder of 300 Strong Incorporated. So let's welcome my friend, Geraldo Hodge. How are you doing today, Geraldo? I'm great, Victor. How are you? Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this amazing um, venture. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to have you on today. And uh, I'd like, I like to get started by just asking you to please share your story. How did you get involved in those becoming an entrepreneur, a high-performance peak investor? Share your journey with us, please. Well, you know, that's a great question. Um, I think getting started, everybody has a, a story and a journey. I think for me, uh, you know, I was doing everything traditionally. I was, you know, my parents... I was born in the Virgin Islands, St. Thomas Virgin Islands. Shout out to all the people from the Virgin Islands. And, um, you know, the environment was very small, very community oriented. My dad was, you know, had a, a GED. My mom didn't go any further than the, the, the eighth grade. And, you know, I knew I wanted to do something big, but, you know, I was only told to do, I wasn't only told to do, but I was kind of directed that, you know, since my parents didn't go to college, that I should go to college. So I went in the military, served our country. I went to school in uh, the Massachusetts area at Northeastern University and got an engineering degree. And basically, um, the, the field was civil engineering. I figured, you know, I'll help build bridges and build, build, you know, things around the world and build, you know, be an impact that way in terms of society. But something along the way just didn't seem right. You know, I enjoyed what I was doing, but I wasn't in love with it. If you understand mm -hmm, what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. Yep. So I, you know, I had, I kind of had this nudge of being led somewhere else and. You know, there was a point in my life where I did some sales and things came in my path in terms of opportunities, but I didn't pursue them because it just was not that, you know, uh, that gut, gut feeling. And then one night I got a call from a lady that I went to school with and she was so excited and she wanted me to meet some individuals. And I took a look at uh, an opportunity and uh, that was my first inclination into entrepreneurship. And uh, even though it was direct sales, it was the opportunity to be independent opportunity to be, you know, self-sufficient. And I just felt at home. It's like, you know, sometimes you're looking around in life for something and the day you find it, like you're looking for that car, you look at it, when you find it, you know that it's the right one. So um, that was my first introduction into the industry of um, business and being an entrepreneur. I mean, you know, I continue to do some other in, uh, things as well, but that was the primary thing. It was just a, a feeling that I got that I had never had before, and it was the place I knew I should have been. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think that happens to a lot of people. They feel even they're doing something which is okay, but they feel they should be called to be doing something else, something that will make them feel more fulfilled and happier, and I right. think that's what happened to you. So when she invited you to this thing, which turned out to be something involved with direct sales, like you, you definitely felt a, a difference of calling to it. And, People are happy doing things that they're called to do. So I think that's an issue with a lot of people because they're often followed what society tells them, the parents tell them, and it's, it's okay. But at the same time, I think it leaves a lot of people unfulfilled because they seem to be doing what they feel they should do instead of what they want to do. Would you agree? Absolutely, Victor. You know, I think one of the things that 
I think this is just my personal experience. I mean, everybody's experience is probably a little bit different, but I think the longer you live, the more you realize how little you knew at first. And, you know, somebody asked me, what would I tell my younger self? Uh, I would tell my younger self, don't listen to everybody. And the reason why is because, you know, you have to do what's best for you. Your parents live their lives. They have their, they're created one way. You know, your friends are created another way. But you're created in a certain way. And once you're created in that way, you have to pursue the things that are going to make you happy. Uh, you get, you know, you can't, like my mentor always says, you know, we're not going to get out of this place alive. You know, at some point we're going to leave and we're not going to leave alive. So while we're here, we might as well do something that we enjoy. And, I, you know, being around people that were very negative and very uh, pessimistic was not something I was kind of accustomed to. So when I got introduced into the industry of direct sales, network marketing, um, I saw a different environment, an environment that resonated with my soul. And you cannot take that away from a human being. You know, if they have something in their soul, they're passionate about uh, whatever it is, you know, if it's sports, if it's driving, if it's business, if it's direct sales, whatever it is. You can't take that out of an individual soul. And it and it's, I hate to say that it's um, wrongful for somebody to take that away, but human beings are human beings and you can't stop human beings from being who they are. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, you bring up the point that uh, you were dealing with a lot of negative people. I think sometimes that's an issue a lot because the more you work, no matter what kind of job you work, a lot of times you can't choose who you work with. So sometimes right. you put around people who, are very negative, they complain or they're nasty to you, they just make you feel very uncomfortable and it's not a pleasant atmosphere. And the thing is when you're surrounded by negativity all the time, it tends to infect you and you tend to pick up some of those negative attitudes and beliefs and it really messes you up. Whereas where you go to, like you mentioned, you win some more direct sales than more marketing. That's in that kind of industry, you know what? You get to choose who you work with. And if you just want to work with positive people, those are the only kind of people you'll wind up working with, which is great. You can you pick and choose who you want to work with, which I think is very, very freeing because uh, I know most of the people I've spoken to in the industry that they, I, I never hear them complain about negative people, but they just say, I love the people I interact with, I love the people I work with, I love my cause, my, my, I mean, my sponsor, my upline, I love my mentor, my coach, I love my team. And if they do have any negative people, guess what? They usually, uh, split apart. They can't. They don't last long. They get rid of them because right. they really don't need them. So I, I think it, it, just having that freedom to choose who you want to work with, I think, is really key. Like you say, you it, it fills your soul. Like you were saying before. Yeah, you know, it's 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 so true. You know, um, like I say, you know, when you when you're in anything, you know, you know, you look at sport teams, for example. Uh, so you know, the, the reason I share this is because people can relate to what is sports like you said, a job, the class, whatever it is, if it's not a positive environment, if not somebody around, they're creating a positive environment. It is one thing when you have a coach that's creating a positive environment, but if you have players that are not positive, most times what a coach would do, let's just say in the, in the industry of football, which is something that's coming into now with training camp. You know, I love football, I love football, I love football. And, you know, if you don't have the right mix, the head coach knows that either the players have to, he has to change the players to get the right mix, or he's going to be put out of the mix. So you have to be able to eliminate the, those distractions and people that will, quote unquote, rain in your parade, and they're, they're going to do it. I mean, you, you can't choose, like you said, you can't choose the people that come around you, but you can choose the environment that you want to be around. 
Yeah, and, and very true. And in sports, uh, they know certain players are cancer, and they may be very talented, but they realize if they're causing so much dissension, the, the team will not play as well. They'll find sometimes by trading them away for players of lesser value but have good attitudes, they often play better by getting rid of the negative person, getting the less talented people because they work functions to get better as a team and they all support one another. So that, that is huge in any organization. So yeah, I've seen that in football and basketball, all kinds of sports. It's what you only need is a couple of people because negativity is very strong. And I, I, don't, I don't think people sometimes realize the power of it, how it can be so destructive. And, you know, so you think about what Jerome used to say, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And he's absolutely right. You look at the people you're associating with, you're hanging out with, and if, if they're very negative, you may need to either change your friends or spend a lot less time with them. Sometimes you can, maybe they're relatives. So, but a lot, you have to, you have to get a new group of friends because if, if the kind of people you are negative, they just don't want to do anything more with their life and they're constantly complaining, criticizing, and not supporting you in your journey, you really should not be hanging out. You need to surround yourself with people that will support you, that will be there for you and say, yes, you can do this. I believe you. I support you in this journey. And that makes all the difference. That makes a huge difference in your career. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I completely agree with you, Victor. You know, well, I think one of the things, too, that we don't learn in the initial because, you know, we grew up, you know, wherever we grew up, uh, we always around friends, we want to have acceptance. So we kind of fit in. And sometimes we, we're, we're the one that has a lot of voices. Sometimes, most times we're not. And as, as life goes on, we have to make a choice where we want to be able to express ourselves and realize, for example, if I like chocolate ice cream, I like chocolate ice cream because I like chocolate ice cream. Everybody's not going to like chocolate ice cream. But you know what? If you like chocolate ice cream, why hold yourself back from liking chocolate ice cream? Because you're worried about what somebody is going to think, but you like a chocolate ice cream or vanilla, whatever your favorite ice cream is. The point is you have to get to that point that, like you say, you have to distance yourself. You can't get rid of your family. They're going to be a family forever, but you got to love them at a distance. You know, you still love them, but you just spend a little less time in terms of that love. And what I've re realized over the last few years and, and, and the, the whys I'm getting in terms of being my life experiences is that I, I love my family, but there's certain things I wouldn't do with my family. You know, like sometimes you grow up in an environment and you, you know, have family e events, family get togethers, whether it's going to the beach, whether it's having a picnic, a cookout, a party, whatever. And you get so accustomed of that environment that the minute you have an opportunity to try to break free, they're like, where do you think you're going? This is what we do. And, and, and then, you know, so now you have to be able to have the courage to say, you know what? Do I want to step out of the box and look like a fool, but knowing later on I will be right for myself? Or do I want to sit here in mediocrity and misery for the rest of my life? And, you know, I know most people, if they had a choice, they would choose to be better. But sometimes the circumstances around them and their lack of ability to be strong enough to pull themselves back from the current um, doesn't allow them to do that. No, you're right. And that could be a strong driving force that prevents people from you know, trying out new things, trying new adventures. It's the full the force of their friends and the fans. Hey, what are you trying to do now? Trying to do something new and better? It's kind of like those crabs that are in that jar. One crab right. tries to get out of the jar and the other crabs, what do they do? They bring them down. So the, right. it never gets out of the jar. That's what happens to a lot of us. So right. you need to be able to have that courage to try to, even if some of the people close to you will not support it, it's not an easy thing to do. It's definitely very challenging. I think all of us have gone through that. 
But like you said, and and I think some of us fall, you were hinting at it before saying, but I like vanilla, I like chocolate, I like it. I don't care if other people don't like it. Say, how could you eat chocolate? Chocolate, chocolate. I love chocolate, I love vanilla. And right. you, a lot of us, I think, fall prey to what's called approval addiction, where we we're, we want to approve all the people around us much more so than what we want for ourselves, our dreams, our desires, which is really freezing. And think, when you think right. about it, because you mentioned before, when you have that approval addiction, you really become a slave to other people's opinions and thoughts of you. And it's, 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 you're living, you really tend to be living more of their lives than your life. And you need to be living your life to have a fulfilled life, in my opinion. Do you agree? Yeah, I would definitely agree. You know, I think, you know, we spend so much time trying to please others, you know, just for acceptance. You know, we, 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 we don't, we take the path, the path of least resistance in order to, to fit in. Uh, when you do a journey like, you know, I remember um, Mae Jameson was the first African-American female astronaut to go up into space. And when she was a child, she was dreaming and looking up to space. And she came to her parents and said to her parents, I want to be an astronaut. I want to go, you know, to space. And her parents said, why do you want to go to space? And I just love the response that she gave. She said, why not? Why not be, you know, be better? Like I said, why not be able to take the opportunity to do something different? Why not be able to live the life of your dreams? We all have dreams, but sometimes we, you know, the, the, the weight of life gets down and, and basically puts us down for almost the eight count. You, you, know, you have to, to come out of that and be able to see, you know what? There's more to fight for. And when you have that ability to fight, you have to put yourself in the right environment because you can't fight, you can't keep fighting in an environment that's toxic. You got to be able to, to get out of the environment that you're in. And sometimes you may not be able to do so. You know, my uncle gave me some great wisdom not too long ago. He said, he said he learned as he was growing up that he was always trying to get everybody else involved. And he, had to, he came to a realization that the journey that he was on was on his journey. So he said if he had anything that he needed to discuss, he took it to his creator because he said, you don't know what the people around you, you couldn't trust them. You, you, could, you don't know what they would tell you. So he limited the, the negative influence of other people by relying on his creator and relying on, relying on his hunches to be able to make a decision to move forward in his life. And I thought that was just excellent and excellent advice. And I would encourage everybody as well, you know, if you ever find yourself in an area where like, you know, who do I talk to? And, you know, you're not sure who you're going to talk to, and what their thoughts are going to be, but what you do, because sometimes you can share an idea with somebody. Number one, they're going to steal it from you. Number two, they're going to discourage. So you got to, so sometimes you got to just, find an outlet and sometimes it could be reading a book. It could be getting mentorship from somebody that you trust, uh, you know, somebody that's better than you that you're afraid to go to. But sometimes those are the people that have the wisdom for you. So I guess what I would say is, who are you listening to? If you're listening to the right people, they will, you know, if you're looking at people for what they have, and I don't mean necessarily money or, you know, the right mate or whatever the case would be, but are they going in the direction that you're going? You know, do they have what you want? You know, when we talk, I love our conversation because you have something I love to hear, which is somebody who's worked on themselves, personal development, growth. And you want to be in a room with people like that. At least I do. But some people, that's not their thing. They would rather sit on the couch, watch TV, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But you have to find the environment that's right for you. No, absolutely. I like what you said before, you know, when, when Ms. Jamison said, the parents said, why do you want to do that? She says, why not? And that's the thing, when you're younger, when you're a little baby, you have no inhibition. If you want to do anything, or if you're hungry, you cry. 
because he's saying, I need, want to be fed. You know, you do what you do. You have no inhibitions whatsoever. And there comes a point when we're like four or five, six years old, then our parents are telling us, you can't do that. Don't do that. Why would you do that? Be realistic. Why do you want to be that? Why do you want to be that? Be, you know, stick to doing this. And, and then we hear it in school. And, you know, because we talk to a six-year-old kid, a seven-year-old kid, they, they, they don't say, well, what do you want to be? Or what do you want to do when you grow up? You, they don't say, I'm going to try to do that. They say, I want to be this. I want to be a rock star. I want to be president of the United States. They don't say, I want to try. They say, I might want to. They say, I want this. But when you talk to them when they're 15, 16 years old, they're saying, well, I don't know. I might want to do this. Because right. they've been beaten down so much from the people, you know, they, from their adults, from the, from the family, from the schools, from their friends. And they've developed a lot of limiting beliefs, which is such a shame. And but I, and I like what you said before is look who you want to go to for advice. Be very careful. Because unfortunately, a lot of people, they listen to the wrong people. They listen right. to a lot of their friends. And unfortunately, their friends don't have what you want. Like you said, you want a better lifestyle. You want more personal development. You want more success or whatever you're looking for. If the people close to you are not, are not are, don't have that kind of lifestyle, you shouldn't be going to them for advice. But that's what a lot of people do. So if you say, I want to pump. Uh, someone wants to tell me about this network marketing opportunity. Should I go for this? Like, oh, no one makes money in that. I know one person did it. They made no money and it's a scam. But what they probably don't tell you is the person joined did absolutely no work, never spoke to anyone. <laughs> and it was, you know, was right. in it for two or three months. They gave up and they said, ah, it doesn't work. Because they didn't do it. Right. They didn't try. They didn't ask for help. So they don't. But we know in network marketing, there's been thousands and thousands of people who had a lot of success in it so it's like but like you said you find the right mentor find the right coach look at the people who you said have the lifestyle that you want that are doing the things you want to do and go ask them for us go talk to them ask them to mentor you or right. you can go on or just listen to videos youtube videos or read books like you said tony robbins or let's probably see what those guys do what do they preach and follow their advice follow the advice of the people who have what you want and you'll go further in life. So you gotta be very careful you're getting advice from. And unfortunately, a lot of people are not doing that. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Victor. You know, people, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is. You know, I guess we all would at some point. So I try to be very conscious and very uh, sympathetic with where, uh, empathetic with where people are, are right now. You know, I was just driving the other day and I saw this lady, you know, she pulled up, she backed into her driveway and, you know, she was just coming from work. And, you know, I see people out there, you know, especially what's going on in the pandemic, a lot of people at home or, or, or the fear of them going out and venturing is, you know, they don't want to do anything. So they stay at home. They do all of the average things, which is not wrong. I mean, taking care of your lawn is important. Taking care of your house is important. You know, paying the bills are important. There's nothing wrong with those things. You know, that's why the industry of direct sales is so important because you don't have to give those things up. But what I what I what I I I am kind of this uh disappointed when I see people is that what they do is that they don't allow themselves to kind of be more. You know, they have little ideas, you know, and they, they don't want to take the risk. You know, they're risk at first, but they're the, guy, they're the person, he or she, that you go on the line to buy $50 worth of lottery ticket. I want to win the big one. <laughs> I want to big win the big money. But the thing is, when those individuals win that big money, most times they lose it because they're not developed to handle that sum of money. It's like you wouldn't give, if, you, if you're a parent and you have a five-year-old, you wouldn't give your five-year-old the keys to your car because they're not developed enough to be able to handle a responsibility like that. That's why I love the industry of direct sales because you have to keep looking at yourself. 
you have to keep being able to work on yourself. And in anything that you do, whether it's business, whether it's Olympics, whether you have to keep working on yourself. And you know, you have to put that focus energy in. And you really have to, to get to the point that you say, you know what? No matter what it takes, I'm gonna stick with it until I until I get where I need to go. That's in anything that you do. Uh, sometimes you may have to change course, you may have to change path, but in the end, if you stick with it, you'll get where you need to go. No, absolutely. He always has to be work on yourself, doing that personal development, work on your mindset. Jim Rohn says work harder on yourself than on your job. He says if you work harder on your job, you can make a living, but if you work harder on yourself, you can make a right. fortune. And as you mentioned to people who have that lottery mentality, even if they win the lottery, the vast majority of them are broke within five years because they never had developed that mindset to say, I deserve this money. They feel some guilt or dinner. They feel very, they get out of their comfort zone. They feel very uncomfortable. So they find a way to spend and get rid of you. And you say to yourself, you win a hundred million dollars. How can you be broke with that? And, right. But people find ways because they don't have the proper mindset. So you really need to work and develop yourself. And one thing I've noticed is, I know very, very, very few millionaires that play the lottery. They don't. They're too busy working on themselves, working on their business, and trying to, you know, be being the best that they can be. So they're focused on great, making the most out of themselves and making the most money, being successful. The very successful people rarely play the lottery. So that's something you should learn from. If they're not playing it, there's a reason for it. So try. You know, it's okay if you want to throw a couple of bucks to play, but that shouldn't be your main focus. Your main focus should be working on yourself developing yourself, working on your mindset, and practicing your craft, whatever industry you're in, work on it day in and day out, and have a long-term vision, which I think is very important. I think in, in this in this day and age, too many people have this, I want everything to happen yesterday. They don't realize anything great takes a long time to develop and build. So, you know, if they're not making money in their business in the first couple of weeks, they're like, oh, this doesn't work. But the average offline business takes three to five years to be fully profitable. Exactly. Um, completely agree with you, Victor. You know, like you said, you know, people, uh, you know, one of the things I like, you know, in business, and I mean, it's kind of parallel in the direct sales industry, but like you said, in a regular business, it takes three to five years just to get off the ground. If you make it five years, you, you will most likely make it. It doesn't, because you don't know what can happen, but, you know, businesses today have been around 20 years and close your shop because of the industry, because of the change in technology. Uh, but technology, especially in our industry, is great because, you know, we could, you know, where we had to go belly button to belly button, we can now meet people over a platform such as Zoom or Clubhouse or LinkedIn or you name it and be able to connect with people. But I think, too, is as you start to, in anything that you do, you initially go with the people that you're comfortable with. You have to get to a point that you're comfortable with your discomfort. You have to get uncomfortable and go outside the people that you currently know to get to the people that will be able to empower you and be able to lead you and be able to inspire you. And that was something that, that was a big error in my judgment when I first got started in this industry because I didn't know. I didn't realize that the people I went to school with were going to be the people that are going to say, don't come to me with that stuff. I'm like, okay. You know, I didn't realize that the people that were on that education track, and there's nothing wrong with education, but some of them were such an, on such a track that I couldn't even talk to them about anything outside of what, you know, what they were currently doing, because that's what they were in their season of life. But over time, I think we all realize that we, we have to have these learning experiences to be able to become the person that we are, because the learning, the personal development is not only in reading the books, it's also in the experiences and the people that we hang on, like you said, 
you know, who the five people you surround yourself with the most. You know, um, you know, it, it's it's very, very important that we watch who we're doing. So I, I, uh, Charlie Tremendous Jones says, you'll be the same person five years from now, except for the book you read and the people that you surround yourself with. And today, there's so much information around it that is not just on the books, it's on the social media platforms. It's on, you know, the YouTube videos, it's everywhere. So you can accelerate your curves, the, the curve of learning now, like you've never did before, because there's so many tools out there for all the generations to be able to make a difference. No, absolutely. And, you know, you bring up the point, like the people you think that will support you in this journey, your friends, your family, very often they're not. Like they have a certain way of thinking. They are comfortable in that. The comfort zone is really what stops a lot of people. A lot of people don't realize is your brain is there. Its main purpose is to protect you. So, so if it sees anything new or strange, which may be great for you in the long run, but it doesn't recognize it, your brain sends warnings as, you know, be careful right. around this. It could be a great opportunity, but you may need to invest some money. It may take you a happier year to make money. Your brain says, whoa, be careful. So sometimes that's why people, it's, it's, you have to get out of your comfort zone. Your brain says, I want to stay in that comfort zone because my job is to protect you. Your brain doesn't like to use too much energy to figure out how to keep you safe. So say, it's, a lot of times it'll tell you, especially your subconscious mind, don't do this, it's dangerous. Even on the loan, it could be so great for you, but it's not used to it. So I think that's a big reason why a lot of people are afraid to try new things because your brain wants to protect. And most of the time, it, it's for your good. It really does help you. But there are times it does damage you. And I think a lot of people do not understand that. And I love that, uh, was it Charlie Tremendous Jones? It says, you are the same person who you are, except for the books you read and the people that you hang out with. I think that is so true. It's... Uh, makes all the difference in the world yeah I completely agree Victor you know you know we all have probably met people in our city town or state of people that we know family members you know I think if you are somebody that thinks different you, you think outside the box so you travel outside the box you want to go places and meet people because people are what makes the world ground you know you know getting to know you for example getting to know other people uh, on different platforms you get to expand your perspective. I mean, sometimes it may or may not change your position, but you have to be able to, to, to go or broaden yourself. You know, when I was in the military, I went to Europe, that broadened my horizons. I had a different perspective of people. People are the same everywhere you go, but you got to find out what's important to them. You know, you know, some people, for example, will live in a neighborhood all their life, never venture across the other side of town. And I just, it just like blows my mind. Like, you don't want to see what's on the other side of town. Don't you want to see what's, no, I'm, I'm comfortable right there. I'm like, oh my gosh. So, you know, it's, so, you know, you start to see these things and you form things in terms of your perspective and, you, and how you look at life. And you realize you got to find people that want to be those type of people. You know, if your person likes to travel, you want to hang around people that love to travel because, you know, if people like food, you want to be around people like food because some people don't want to go to restaurants. And even now what's going on in the world, a lot of you don't want to go to restaurants. But you got to find people that have the courage to say, you know what, I want to do something different. I, I don't mind going outside and sitting on a patio, even if it's maybe, you know, 42 degrees or, or 45 degrees. But I want to be able to do something different because everybody else is inside. I don't want to be everybody else. And I think if you're going the direction that everybody else is going, you're going to get what they, got, what they have, whether it's through their thinking, whether it's through their resources, whether it's through the cars they drive, the houses that they live in. Because some people get a house and say, oh, I'm good. It's big enough for me. And I'm like, you, you can't be serious, right? <laughs> this is all you, you know, some people are like, my apartment is good. And they, they don't want to do anything else. And that's fine. That's their choice. But 
you know, I, I'm from the school of thought is that I think you can start one way and you can develop yourself into the person that you want to be. And you, 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 you want to foster relationships with people that can allow you to do that. No, absolutely. You want to be around people that can definitely help you grow. And, you know, whatever it is you want to do, whether it's you really like when you travel, when you want to eat, or whatever it is, you know, find people that have the same desires and wishes that will support you on your journey. Because like I said, some people, they're just happy doing one thing, that's fun. If they were happy with it, that's great. Like say, you went to other countries. I've been to other countries, and it's great because I got, I got exposed to a lot of different things. I got exposed to different cultures. And, right. you know, so it, I, it, it was nice because it did broaden my thinking. And that's one reason why, I, you know, now with COVID, there really isn't a lot of time. But before, I went to a lot of events. And I got to meet a lot of, you know, success-minded people. And I learned a lot. I fed off their positive energy. So, you know, they're slowly starting to come back. And as, as they do, I'm looking forward to going back to those events to surround myself with those people because they're like-minded people. And they're going to you know, support me, get me, continue to get me out of my comfort zone, help me grow more. That's what I want to do because I want to continue growing because I, th I think that's something about having that growth mindset. A lot of people have a fixed mindset. They think that you can't do more than what you already have. But I, I, like, surrounding, I like surrounding myself with people who have a growth mindset because they can make me see possibilities I myself was not even aware of. And that makes a whole difference, you know, that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, you, you, you have to be around people that are going to push you to grow. I really miss the in-person type of events. You know, I know what's going on in the world today. We have to be so careful. But, you know, we were made to connect with people. All of us were. And, you know, sometimes, again, there's always opportunity in the areas of difficulty. I mean, you know, people went to the Olympics. You know, there was a lot of challenges they had to go through a lot of isolation, a lot of things that they didn't want to do, but they did it because they had a reason why, they had a goal, you know? And the thing is that no matter what reason that you have in life, what goal you have, whether it's in business, whether it's in a job, whether it's in direct sales, whether it's in coaching, whether it's being a parent, you gotta come to a point that you have to rise above the circumstances and the, the, uh, the hurdles that life are gonna throw at you because they're gonna throw them at you. So you need to be around people that have probably went through hurdles that are more challenging than you probably went through so they can give you not the way to solve your challenge, but be able to have perspective that if this person can rise above that, I can rise above it too. No, absolutely. You need those kind of people to inspire because especially you're an entrepreneur, you're going to have all kinds of obstacles you just don't see coming. They, they pop out of nowhere. And it can be frustrating and people don't like dealing with it. Sometimes if they get so frustrated, they want to give up. But if you, if you surround with those kind of people who've gone through maybe similar types of struggles and said, yes, it was hard for me, but I did this. I didn't give up. I persevered and I succeeded. And you said, you say to yourself, wow, if this person can do it, then maybe I can do it too. You see, the more examples you see of people in similar situations who succeeded, who overcame these obstacles, then you can do the same thing. You can definitely be inspired by them. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, because you mentioned uh, you know, the books you read, uh, you're one of the moderators of a, of a book club on Clubhouse called the Thinking Grow Rich Clubhouse Group. And uh, you guys finished, uh, recently finished Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and now you guys are doing How to Win Friends and Influence Field. So uh, especially since you're a fellow entrepreneur, would you like to talk about those two books, how they've influenced your life as an entrepreneur, how they've helped you grow and you know, how, you know, why people should like take a look at those two books and how it can help them? Well, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, you know, the um, the whole story behind the clubhouse thing, you know, when it was new, it came out. 
I mean, now it's affordable and all, you know, both Android and iPhone. But when it first came out, it was only an iPhone. I didn't have an iPhone, but the individuals that uh, that put their room together, I had so much respect for them. I went out of my way to get, I actually got two iPhones uh, because the one couldn't be here in time. I had to try to get another one because I wanted to get the information. And if it, if it resulted in me investing a couple hundred dollars to get a, a used iPhone to be able to do that, to me, it was worth the investment. And I'm telling you, when I first went on, the, on this, um, I mean, I've read Think and Grow Rich before. I've read it in different settings and some settings with some people, but it's like, there's nothing better than a nice intimate setting where you can be able to have people that you know you don't know. And when they share something with you on a certain book, you get such incredible value. Now the book Think and Grow Rich to me is like the Bible of you know, success. Uh, you know, you really have to dive into that book. There's so many different things in that book. Um, you know, overcoming, you know, I, I think one of the things is that you, you got to overcome objections, you got to overcome negativity, but it comes back to one thing, which is desire. And you have to have a desire. If you have a desire to do something great, it's one of the first chapters in the book. The, the, the whole point, you have to have a desire to do something, be something bigger than who you are. And I think what happens is that the, the, often the point in here really lays everything out for you in a way to, to, no matter what you do in this world, that you can really take the principles in that book and be able to start creating a foundation for your success. Uh, every successful person has read that book. As a matter of fact, it's interesting. I was thinking about um, Napoleon Hill, who's the author of that book. And when he's commissioned by Andrew Carnegie, you know, he said, um, oh, I think it's Carnegie Stone, but when he was commissioned to write that book and he was asked the question, would you take 20 years of your life to write this book? And he said, yes, but what he didn't realize is that the general was holding a stopwatch to see how long it was going to take for him to make that decision. And, you know, and when you understand that how successful people think and that the principles in those in that specific book are no different today. And you see that when people read the book over and over and they create an ownership for the book, you know, my mentor, uh, he always talks about ownership. You have to own the book. I thought I had to have a library of books to be smart. And I realized I don't have to have a whole library. I just need to have a few books that I read over and over again and then continue to expand on my knowledge. So I think Think and Grow Rich is one of the basic books that anybody who's an entrepreneur, anybody that has a big goal, a big dream in life, needs to read in order to understand all the different characteristics of that road to success. You know, the fears that you're gonna have to go through, uh, you know, just different stories that inspire you to get there. You know, the book that we're reading now, so I did that, we did that book for about 17 weeks and I started off just as a listener. And then due to different things that happened, and one day I just had to step in and just somebody asked me, could you just like kind of help introduce people? I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, I was, I was like nervous. I'm like, introduce people? Are you kidding me? No, I mean, I've spoken in front of people before, but you talk about a platform of people that are like your mentors, like, oh my God, I can't do this. Again, they're negative thinking. And it's interesting as we were getting that continue to be a part of that um, that clubhouse room, what I learned most was the consistency of and the power of reading the book. You know, we read the book three times, the chapter three times a week, the same chapter. And the more you read the chapter, the more you get something out of it. So I realized the simplicity to success through that book was doing it over and over again and being able to extract more out of the same information. Now we're on the book to how to influence influence people by Dale Carnegie, which is 
the book about people. To me, it's a basic Bible about how to deal with people. And you know, one of the things that we want to call earlier today is talk about listening about people's other people's interests and really being present for people and, and understanding that listening to people and find out what's important to them is really a way of showing love. And if you really sit down and listen to people and really be present for where they're at. As a matter of fact, one of the gentlemen today on today's call, his name is Joel, he said, listen for the point of just listening. Don't listen to respond. Listen just for the point of listening. And Joel Hoke is an amazing, amazing contributor. And, you know, he did some great things. And, you know, he, you know he's had a chance to work with an incredible mentor of mine, Mr. Patrick Mays and Mr. Jeff Street. And they do some incredible things. But what I really enjoyed and learned most about from those individuals was the fact of being able to create a platform and give away things of value to people without anything attached. And I think when you read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, you come to a space where you do things just from your heart. You're not looking for anything in return. You know, you're just doing it to say, listen, I'm just giving you something that I've learned. Like today you shared some stuff on, on the clubhouse and I was like, oh my gosh, it's like, it was just amazing. But you didn't do it with looking to get anything from it. You was doing it from just the point of sharing and being able to make an impact of a people's life. And when you understand the power of that book and how it can impact you in terms of building relationships in not only your personal life, but in your business life, or just life in general, any activities that you do, I think it's they're the two basic books that I would highly recommend people to read, no matter what season of life they're in. Whether it's the first time or the 10th time, my mentors have read those books like 20 times. And it shows in their work because there's a scripture in the Bible that says, by your fruit, you shall know them. So when you see people read and are able to uh, regurgitate what they read in a way that's very powerful, you understand the power of reading those two books. Oh, that was awesome. That was some great sharing there. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, those are, I, to me, I think those are two books in metal industry you're getting in. You really should start out with those two. The number one, Think and Grow Rich, like you said, it's it's probably the number one success book of all time. Pretty much every successful person has read it. <laughs> and they all love the book because it's it highly influenced their lives. And like you said, read not just read it once, read it a whole bunch of times. Bob Parker has been reading it for 50 years and he's still learning something new from that book every single day. And you know, like you say, he starts it with desire. I love he shares that story of Edwin Barnes. He wanted to be a, uh, a partner with with Thomas Edison at the beginning, he, he looked like a tramp. <laughs> he was smelly. Right. But when he met Thomas Edison, just Edison realized there was something about him that was different. And he knows when someone wanted something, you know, they usually get it. So he gave him a, a low-level job, but then the opportunity presented himself. He sold these, I think, uh, recording machines, became the number one seller. And the, down the road, he did become partnered with Thomas Edison because he had that desire. So he had a lot of great things there, overcoming adversity, persistence. So there's a lot of great lessons taught in that book. It's a, it's a, it influenced so many different people. So everything you said about it, I think is great. Like you said, it's great. You guys did it three times a week. So, and you learn something from each different time you read it, hearing other people's perspective, because everyone gets something different out of it, which I think is yeah, so powerful absolutely. about being in the group. And then from there, you go to How to Win Friends and Influence Deal, which I, as you shared, I love what you said, uh, Joel's comment, listen to listen, not to respond, which is unfortunately, the opposite of what most people do. Most people, when they're, they're listening, they, they can't wait to respond. And then I, and the person who's talking doesn't feel he's being listened to, doesn't feel he's being understood. So listen to listen or listen to understand. And then 
try to figure out how you're going to respond. Then the person feels hurt. And the goal is you want people to like you. And it, one of the reasons people don't succeed in any of their business is because they're not listening. They don't, persons that feel hurt or they don't feel loved, they don't feel you care about them. And all you want to do is talk about yourself. But this book teaches you, you want them to talk about themselves. You want to show them, figure out the things they're interested in because as we saw today, there's so many examples. The person's asking the other person, instead of asking for something, they're talking about something that they like. Right. And the person's happy. They're talking, and they're talking for an hour, an hour a half mm -hmm. hour, whatever. And then afterwards, they're so happy. They feel so because they talk about themselves. Yep. They give them whatever they want. Even though the lot well, sometimes exactly. the person's not even asking because this person feels hurt. He feels important. So I think if you just take the, the, the principles of those two books, the success principles and having listening to people, focusing on them instead of focusing on your needs and desires, you can, you can be successful pretty much anything you do. Absolutely, I completely agree. You know, when you look at a lot of the great people in this world that, you know, leaders or people that um, are in any type of leadership position, or even people that do a lot of interviews, they have to have that listening skill because if you don't have that listening skill, how are you able to continue the conversation? How are you able to be able to say, well, listen, based on that one point and, you know, be able to have them elaborate on that point, you know, in the chapter that we were reading now on how to influence, influence people, it's just a very, it's something very simple. This uh, young guy, you know, this story was about this young boy who, uh, the, you know, this, this guy, a gentleman came to visit his, I think it was his aunt and paid his, paid a complimentary. And then uh, he started this conversation with a little boy about, about boats. You know, he was talking about boats and they were talking about these boats and the whole conversation was about boats. And when the gentleman left, he said, oh my gosh, he's such fast, he's so fascinating. And I think it was his aunt said, or his mom said, listen, he's not interested in boats, he's a gentleman. He's a New York City lawyer. He said he was only talking about boats because you're interested in boats. And I was like, you know, so profound, but you know, it just shows you if you're able to uh, verse yourself in certain things, especially in today's world, because a lot of times we verse ourselves in the environments that we're in, but what's happening now is that as we, as where, wherever we are, you know, whatever season of life we're at, as we continue to advance, we have another generation right behind us, another generation of thinkers, and we have to be able to understand and be to listen from what's important to them as well, so that we can be able to adjust who we are in the world in terms of perspective, because the world is changing every day as we know. No, absolutely, and we should definitely. Like I said, we have a new generation coming. We need to hear their perspective, their perspective, and listen to them. And I exactly. think that example you gave of that that lawyer who listened to that boy talk about boats, even though he really wasn't that interested in boats, but he wanted to make the boy happy, so he focused on just talking about the boats, asking about the boats, and the boy loved him. He he could he was, couldn't talk. He was talking nonsense to them, but what a great guy this was because he right. focused on the things that the boy wanted to talk about, listening to him and focusing on what right. he loves. And if we do that, you know, we can do that with, 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 with young people today. It can make such a big difference in the world. Because a lot of people, what do they complain about? They don't feel they're being hurt. They don't they right. feel like, so many people are trying to interrupt them, but you focus on the things they like. It, it's incredible. It'll help you in business. It'll also help you in all your relationships. You know, I, I mentioned today, you go on a date, so your first date, the person just talking about themselves, they're not getting a second date. If you ask them questions about themselves again and again, your chances of a second date decrease a lot. So it's because they because you're focused on what they want, they what they love. It's like it's incredible. Your friendships will blossom when you focus on the other person. Everything will get better when you learn to listen to the other person. And I think that's one of the great lessons about this book. And I think people who struggle in business, especially if it's something sales related, 
It's because all they talk about is how great they are, how great the product is, how great the company is. And they don't, they don't ask the person what they want, what they, what's right. important to them or how it could help them. They don't say, what problem do you want to solve? Because they're focusing too much on, can I get a sale and get a commission? Instead of like, how can I help serve you? How can I help solve your problem? Right. And that's a huge problem. Yeah, Victor, that is that is so true. I uh, completely agree with you on that. And, and you use the word there in terms of being able to serve. And I think today the world is looking for servant leadership. They're looking for people that want to be able to serve and make a difference. And like you say, everybody has their favorite radio station, WIFM, what's in it for me? So you, like you said, like when you go out on a date or when you go in a, a conversation, the person that's going there, you know, if they're not somebody who's skilled in the art of listening, they want to be able to share what's on their mind. They want to get things out. And you never know what's going on with them. So those of us that understand servant leadership and understand that if we go into listening ear, we may not get what it is we want in our first encounter. But like you said, it opens up the door for us to be able to have a, 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 a you know, second encounter, another encounter, or be at the top of the list for something that may come up in the future. Because all encounters sometimes in the first time is not always for business. It's just to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our relationship that we meet is not always for business. It may be for something else. It may be a gateway, a doorway to another relationship that we need in the future. But if we're not able to harness the power of listening to be able to be present with them on the first encounter, we don't know what we could get behind that next door. No, that's a very good point. Like you say, you don't get everything the first time, but if you develop the art of listening in that first account that you can start developing a really good relationship and you just know where it can take you down the road. Right. Like I said, it may not even be business right, but you can develop a great friendship. You may, you may meet a lot of great people through them and possibly you may get business through them, through them even though they may not do business with you, but maybe they get people, uh, they may introduce people, refer clients to you to work with you because they like you. They say, I trust this person. I trust your brother. He's a great guy. You know, I think it'd be great for you. But if you don't listen to them, why would they want to help you? Because they don't right. feel like you care about them. So why would they want to have their friends and other people meet you? So you know, yeah, like you say, you just never know what kind of doors they can open for you when you're helping people, start listening to them. Just have that nice, friendly first conversation. It may be two, three, four, and even nothing happens. You develop a great friend, and you know, you never know what could happen down the road. One thing I I, I don't want to forget because you mentioned before is when you started helping out at that clubhouse group. And they asked you to help introduce you because you know they weren't available. You felt a little uncomfortable, so you would, you were dealing with the comfort zone. But you showed that you were willing to. Okay, I will try. You did it, and as a result, you've been doing this for months now, and you're very comfortable doing it. So that's a perfect example of like, don't be afraid to go out of your comfort zone. It could feel a little scary at first. Yeah. Uh, you said, "Let me just do it. I'll do it." And um, and you, you've been doing a great job the last few months, all because you wanted to come out of your comfort zone. You're great at introducing people. But, you know, it's, it's what I just want to show this as an example. It's normal to feel a little jittery, scared, because you've never done it before. So it's like, you know, but when, hey, like when you start a new job, guess what? You, you're not used to the kind of work that you've done before. That's why they start you off right. slowly, because they know it'll take some time, but it's everything is a little uncomfortable. No matter any, any new activities, like when you learn how to ride a bike, it's a little uncomfortable, but then you master it. You, you, but you know, if any little thing is going to be uncomfortable, but after a while, guess what? Everything eventually becomes comfortable if you don't quit at it. So I just wanted to share that example because you gave a great example of just 
overcoming your comfort zone. As a result, you've grown a lot over the last few months. Well, thank you so much for that, Victor. Yeah, I would agree. I would completely agree with you because it was not something I wanted to do. You know, I didn't feel I was somebody. And a lot of us go through this. We're not good enough. We're not worthy enough. We don't have anything to share value. But I think that you have, that you have, every one of us have something of value to share because we don't know when we share where the person who is listening, where they are in their life, that your share may have been, may be of impact to them in the season that they're in. And, and that's what somebody told me on the call one day, they pulled me, I, they did it on the call. They said, listen, thank you so much for being uncomfortable and coming up here and sharing because you know, you'd have been robbing somebody of the gift of the opportunity to be able to do the same thing because they probably were saying the same thing. Oh, I, you know, I, I could never do this. And I start to see over time that that was correct. So uh, I completely agree with you. And thank you so much for pointing that out. Yeah. And that's beautiful. That's a beautiful share right there. You say people get inspired by your sharing and you never know. So never be afraid right. to share your wisdom, your story, because you don't know who you may inspire. So that's why it's always good getting on these platforms, whether it's Clubhouse or doing videos or interviews or writing a book. You, you just never know who you might inspire. And one of the greatest feelings, like you said, when you hear from say, someone saying, you know, thank you, that really helped me, that inspired me, it just makes you feel so much better. So that is awesome. So, so we're getting close to the end of our interview. So but before we do that, I want to say, do you have any last minute advice for people who you know, might want to become an entrepreneur, might want to get involved in direct sales or never mark or any of those things, you know, because for them, especially if they've been working a regular nine to five job, it can definitely be uh, a, a, just a big mindset shift. So, because it's very different working in an office, for example, than trying to become an entrepreneur. So, you know, any bits of advice to people who are like interested in becoming entrepreneurs? Yeah, absolutely, Victor. Um, I think the best advice that I can give people, whether you're doing an entrepreneur, if you work in a traditional, let's, let's start for the person who's working a traditional job first. Mm -hmm. If you work in a traditional job and you want to do something, um, you have a dream or goal, uh, the, the traditional job is the nine to five. Now, the, from the last Super Bowl, there was a commercial in the last Super Bowl this past year that showed people from their nine to five flipping into their five to nine. The hustle after your work is what's going to get you to where you need to go. So I would say, number one, keep your day job. Number two, uh, when you get off your day job, invest from the 5 to 9, 5 to 11, 5 to 12, 5 to 1 in the morning, as long as it will take for you to get to the point that you're 9 to, that you, what you're doing on your 5 to whatever blows you out of the water that you can't, it, it pays you too much to stay on your 9 to 5. Uh, so that would be the first thing. If you're in business, I think it, it kind of goes the same way as well, is that as a business owner, most people in business owners, they have that ability to work long hours. So if you decide to do any type of project, whether it's a second gig outside of your business, or you decide to enter into to direct sales, or whatever, same thing applies. Continue working your traditional business, but use your contacts and leverage to build your side business because you never know what can happen in life where that business that was probably a secondary plan or plan B becomes your plan A. And, and for those of you that even thinking of doing business, obviously looking at the industry of direct sales is huge because one, it's a low startup um, cost, but the, 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 uh, the, 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 the increase of what's the potential is so high. 
Uh, and that's why people get afraid because they figure that anything of value, you have to put a lot of capital in. And in, in the reality in network marketing or direct sales is that you don't have to, but the, the, the advantage, the trade-off is that you put the energy into it, like starting the pump. You start the pump, you start the pump. And over time, that, that water starts to flow. When you In the beginning, you got to really pump a lot of energy into it. You go to the gym, you got to work out the first 30, 60 days to see the body. You start at that, you got to give up a lot of things in the first you know, 60, 90 days. It doesn't matter. It happens in every part of our life. But what we decide to do for business and we have to take on the rest of the world and, and how they see what we're doing, we kind of sometimes push it away. So my advice is no matter what you do, you're going to have to burn the candle at both and, and it's not going to be easy. You may not see a lot of results in the beginning, but you just have to have, and it's not probably a real word, stick to itiveness. You got to stick to it until you succeed. So that's what I would say in conclusion. And uh, thank you so much for really having me on this incredible platform. Oh, thank you. That was some great pieces of advice. Stick to it. Stick to itiveness. Yeah, be persistent. Don't give up. Just if you're talking about things, rich, and I like that. Don't give up your nine to five, but also don't waste your five tonight. It's your five tonight or five to 11 is where you can build the other business while getting paid from the nine to five. So those are some great pieces of advice. Thank you so much, Geraldo. It was such a pleasure and an honor having you on. I had a great time. It was a great listening to all your you know, words of wisdom. I know the audience got a lot out of it. So you shared a lot of great value and I appreciate it. It was really nice having you on today. And before I let you go, my friend, if people want to reach out to you. What is the best way for them to contact you? Well, thank you. Um, well, first of all, it was my honor and pleasure to be able to be on this platform and share the stage with you in this incredible interview. Uh, the best place I would say to reach me on in Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is 300 strong, the number one. And you can find it, me there, direct message me. We'd love to hear your feedback on this, on this, how we could help you in the future, how we could collaborate, because it's a world of collaboration now. And, and, and we never know where the collaboration comes from, but 300 strong one is I'm on Instagram. My name is Geraldo Hodge on Facebook and also Geraldo Hodge on Twitter. You can find me any one of those places or even on LinkedIn, but we'd love to look forward to connecting with you. And Victor, I would love to at some point in the future be able to do this again. I am honored and, and thank you so much for having me on this incredible platform. and being able to share the stage with you. Sounds good, definitely. We definitely will do it again down the road. And yeah, again, 300 Strong One on Instagram, you'll find them also on Facebook, Geraldo Hodge. Thank you again for being on the show, my friend, and have yourself an amazing day. Take care and God bless. You too, amazing day. God bless you as well. Take care, Victor. Take care, Thank everyone. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.